everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Coming to you tonight after the 3-1 win at Tottenham, which was very welcome and uh, very very well received by everyone in the pod. Uh, first first up, we have in Belfast, as always, Dave Dunning. Uh, Dave, you know, we're in, we're in a hole, and when you're in a hole, no better team to play than Tottenham. They are the gift that keep giving. <laughs> yeah, mad. Apparently, we'd, like, we'd never beaten them six games in a row before tonight, and lo and behold. Um, but yeah, I was, haven't enjoyed watching football a lot recently. Um, but that was a lot of fun, like a lot of fun. Um, even before well, we score the goal at the end of the first half, it's a lot of fun. And my uh, passion for the game has been reinvigorated over the last 90 minutes or so. So long may I continue, please. Well, I must admit, I, I, I'll concede, certainly it was a, a hell of a lot better. A hell of a lot better than what we've been watching in recent weeks. And next up, I, I believe, in Liverpool, uh, Andy Bell. Andy, how are you? Similarly happy? Yeah, uh, Dr. Tottenham was well-received tonight. So, um, Just the, the tonic to cure all the ills. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If you're in a bad run of form, come along to Tottenham. We'll sort you out. No, yeah, it's, it's obviously... Um, the sort of heavier lockdowns coincided with Liverpool's poor form and terrible weather, so it's all been a bit dull. But uh, yeah, I completely agree with Dave that uh, tonight really cheered me up, and I'm, I'm sure even Mourinho would say the best team won there. I'm sure he wouldn't. <laughs> That's a whole different box of frogs. Uh, last and certainly not least in Berlin, uh, Neil Patterson, Chief. Um, you're another one in the doldrums. How are you? Yeah, much better, much better, funnily enough. <laughs> um, yeah, nice to watch some proper football. Nice to see uh, us, as as uh, Jurgen Klopp said after the game. That's that's who we are. And uh, yeah, it was much more like it tonight. And even with the setbacks, we uh, we we did the business. Just, uh, of course, we took a took advantage of a couple of mistakes, but I think we were clearly a better team. So, be nice to be chatting about that for for, for at least a while on this pod. Indeed. Well, there's there's um, sadly there's other pressing matters course, we need to discuss yeah. as well <laughs> uh, as a result of that game. But I'll stick with you, Neil, to, to begin. And you know, you guys were were waxing lyrical at halftime um, about the performance one, and, and, and I totally agree that it was better. And and you know, a couple of guys, oh, we're back, sort of thing. The the plays there, I, I wasn't like, I'll be honest, I wasn't really like, wow, yeah, we're back. But second half, I can certainly see the beginning of of. Uh, a, a bit of a comeback trail for us, I think, uh, if, if we can continue this. I think we were aided greatly. I think Kane going off um, basically blunted them. And it was, you know, we're talking about the best tonic. And one, it was a tonic for us. We were able to hold on to the ball. We were able to score goals and, and with lovely moves, albeit VAR conspired to, to, to destroy our evening again, but it couldn't quite do it. Um, but there was, you know, second half we played some lovely football, and it's to me, it's it, it, it's far from from where where we left off pre-coronavirus. It's far from that team still, but the, the signs are good at least. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, the first half was 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 pleasing in the way that it developed. I mean, it, it's an interesting one because we start off and Manny should score straight away, first minute, first couple of minutes, and he doesn't. And then, of course, they go up the other end. Then it looks like they have scored, and uh, VAR does its does its job. And you know, 
we don't like it when it when it's against us. But at least this time you could you could clearly see that the the whole foot was offside. So he, he is offside even though he's coming back and and it's one that maybe we didn't expect to to, to get let off with, but but we did. And you know it was the correct decision in the end. Uh, and I think throughout the half we we play our way more and more into it, as in we get better and better essentially. Um, and I think it's kind of typified a little bit that whole first half performance by by Man. I, I said the day before I actually come on the call, uh, the the purpose of this team grew throughout. You know, all of a sudden we started to look like champions again. We started to pass the ball with a bit of plum. We we started to find red shirts. We were getting you know those scrappy balls that were getting away from us. Mm-hmm. Everything was seemed to be falling for us again. It it was almost just a. It, it was like a flick, you know, a switch being flicked, Neil, for for me in in many regards. Yeah, I mean, it, it's we saw green shoots against Man United uh, in the cup. Obviously, we lose that game, and you know there are reasons for that. But we we play much better, and we're much better as an attacking force, and we're, we're playing much quicker. Uh, the ball's coming with with one touch. The passes are coming with one touch, as opposed to two, three, four. Um, so. You, you could see that sort of, and we had hoped that it wasn't a false dawn because uh, obviously we lost the game and, you know, in the end you look at the result and you go, well, we played well with 3-2, you know, have we, are we turning a corner? I think tonight you saw another, uh, you know, we, we've turned the corner a little further, uh, perhaps not rounded completely yet, but if we go on and beat West Ham, we, you know, you, you could perhaps say that uh, we're rounded and, and on the straight. So, yeah, I think I mean I think that first half performance was I was going to say was was typified a little bit by by Mane. Um, he, he's having a stinker, but uh, he will not settle for it. And he he um, he forces his way into the game more and more and become becomes a central figure really, or certainly our main attacking threat in that first half. And by the time we score the goal, he's he's made it or he's gotten the end of a couple of decent balls. He's made the keeper make a save. And the ball he puts across for Firmino is is perfect. I mean, he hits it in the ground. It's the perfect angle. Firmino has to delay a set, split second, but just walks it in basically. And you know that that's a perfect goal to score just before halftime. Last kick of the, the the last kick of the half. It's a lovely build up. It's a brilliant goal, and it's forty forty five plus four, and you are one nil down. And I think that really um, set us up for the second half. And in the second half, I thought we were great. To be fair, no, and I, I don't disagree with you. It's just I, I didn't think we were that great at first. So there was there was the, the signs that was coming, and and Andy for yourself, you know, I think Trent's goal technique there was was superb. Um, you know, we were treated and and the the goal that was chalked off. My God, what a finish! Um, you know, we were treated to some sort of vintage moves from 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 Liverpool, and and, and you know, as Neil said, the, the green shoots are, are starting to come out again. You know, we, you don't turn into a bad team um, overnight. We've had a we've had a rotten month of January, which, like in reflection, if you've been a Liverpool fan long enough, Januarys were never really that kind to us anyway. Uh, it's just in the last couple of seasons we've 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 managed to sort of bury that hoodoo, if you will, but. Uh, it looks like we're, we're we're playing ourselves out, and you know, even in those times, whenever February kicked around, we 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 found another gear, and 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 you know, there's evidence tonight that that maybe the start of that is there for us. 
Yeah, um, I, I slightly disagree with Dave. Actually, I thought that first half, and maybe it is just because um, because of what we've been used to watching the last. No, four it's to been that bad for the last. Month. Yeah, I know it has. But I, I, I was sat there, and I really did think that first half of once was actually outstanding. Um, and I, I like, I, I think it's actually probably the best performance we've played since lockdown. Um, it's on a par with maybe that Leicester three 0 or the Wolves four 0 uh, but I think the opponent and the fact that it was away from home and the fact that it's Jose Mourinho maybe um, puts them just above those performances. I thought it was it was really good. And we saw the signs at Old Trafford um, with the attacking play, um, with Firmino and Salah linking up, for example. There's a there's a world-class first goal and the second goal is a really good piece of play as well. And, um, you know, it was just a case of whether that was going to be what the Palace 7-0 was, which was just a flash in the pan, and then we reverted back to um, kind of stodgy play again. But like t- today, I thought, I, I was the, my only worry in the first half was that we were going to go in 0-0, and Mourinho was going to um, rally his troops, basically, and come out second half with a different tactical plan. And my, my only worry was that, you know, we weren't going to be rewarded for, for a brilliant play in that first half. But, you know, the front three... I, I think, think it, we all sort of... We, we kind of knew Harry Kane wouldn't come back after the break, and I think that was always going to change things, Andy. Yeah, there's that, uh, and I understand that, and I'm sure a lot of, uh, I'm sure that the equivalent of the Spurs podcast is probably is probably using that as an excuse tonight. But I actually thought one nil was the very least we deserved at halftime. Um, I thought Henderson dealt with Harry Kane very well. There's there's one occasion in the first half where Kane kind of pins him and takes the ball down, uh, and I think we're a bit stretched. Maybe Son fires at Allison. For that one, um, but apart from that, like your, which is kind of, uh, how, how do I say? It's like your your typical center half thing. Your meat and drink. You're the type of thing that Nat, Nat Phillips would have dealt with easily. Uh, apart from that, his positional play and his, his awareness was 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 really good tonight uh, for Jordan Henderson. And um, yeah, like they, I was I was worried when I saw both teams really. Um, I was worried about our midfield. I'm always worried about our midfield without Fabinho or Henderson. Uh, as you guys know, I've, I've been saying in the chat for a while, I do think uh, at least one of them has to play in our midfield. Otherwise, it, it is slow, it is laboured, and it's it's poor to watch. It's, watch. it's what we've watched over the last uh, four to six weeks, to say. But um, I, you know, tonight it was uh, when I saw Wijnaldum and, Hen- and Milner. I don't think Wijnaldum quite offers us the legs uh, that he did maybe two years ago. Uh, but tonight I thought he was very good. Uh, and Milner, I was just worried about the fact that he played 90 minutes of the weekend. Uh, and I still don't think he can necessarily start this weekend because if you play Milner three times in a week, then you, you start to but see you get a hundred percent. You get a hundred percent no matter what, Andy. Like he 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 deserves a special mention tonight because he was 94, 95 minutes. He was still stuck into them. And and that's that's the thing with James Miller. I've I've said this for for ages now. As long as you can keep him fresh, uh, as long as you can manage his minutes and manage his games, which is difficult with the current situation, um, then you get a a very effective James Miller and a James Miller that can still contribute to this Liverpool side for the next two or three years. Um, I you know I he really brought the energy to it tonight. And the only as I say, that's my only kind of worry for the weekend. Can he do three games in a week? Will he be asked to do that? Um, but when I saw the likes of. Uh, Spurs setting up with with five at the back and uh, Hoybjergen and Dombele in front. I just thought, you know, this is going to be what we watched against Manchester United in the nil nil. Um, what we've seen in, in in the last month of teams just frustrating us and us struggling to find a way through. But those midfielders are absolutely nowhere to be seen. I mean, uh, I know Thiago and uh, Hoybjerg played together for a season at Bayern, and you can you can quite easily tell why one was flogged off and the other stayed to win multiple league titles in Champions League because there was just a uh, 
And there's been a lot of chat about Hojbjerg this season and how good he's been. And when I've watched him, he has been effective. But, you know, tonight when we got men in around him and had movement off him, uh, he didn't know where to be or what to do. Um, and obviously, uh, I think the my personal man of the match was was Firmino. Um, he was, I don't even need to kind of, like, describe it. We all know what the Bobby Firmino things that he does when he's at his best and he was just doing all those things tonight. I thought it was a real 10 out of 10 performance and it's no, um, it's no, it's no coincidence that the, the two best performances over the last two months, the Palace 7 nil and the Spurs performance tonight have come with, with Bobby Firmino playing at his best. Um, and let's Bobby hope loves that Spurs. Bobby loves a goal against Spurs. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as I say, let's hope that's, let's hope that's him back to his best now. Let's hope that's, uh, that's Bobby Firmino playing like that every week. Um, because we need him. God, we don't half. And, 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 you know, I, I stayed at the beginning of this season. I thought it was going to be a very big season for Bobby Firmino. It's not been so far, but you know, you know what he's capable of and you know what he's got in his locker and, and, and he can always bring it to the party. Um, but just, just more often would be would be more useful. Dave, yourself, um, your thoughts? I, I didn't think Tottenham. I thought Tottenham were shite second half. We were we were very very good in what we did, but I think Tottenham kind of went off the boil a bit. Um, you, you know, they, they got their two one, and and they never really. To me, they never really looked like they wanted to each, and and you know, then three one was history, and it, and it was over. But we were able to. We were able to control that game. I think that's it. And and, and we had a little bit of a bit of swagger about us again. You know, we haven't seen that swagger in absolutely ages. But in that second half, you know, there, there was all it was like you know we, we're the champions, and we haven't seen that in ages. Um, you know, it was the perfect tonic for us. Um, but Jose may disagree. Jose's always going to disagree because Jose's Jose. And I, and I know you love him, so I'll give you an opportunity to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. He's just a horrible, hateful man. And I listened to his interview afterwards. We threw everybody under the bus. And it's everyone's mistake. And it's everyone's fault but his. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's absolutely grand. Um, there's only so many players you can buy. And there's only so many players you can get to buy into your kind of narcissistic system of management. That's okay. It was not the game that I really wanted in the run of fixtures that we're in right now. Was them putting like literally it's like it's like a a 2 one one they play, realistically. But in actual fact I agree with Andy, I think first half were brilliant and the early man A chance, and you're thinking, oh, Christ, you know, these chances are hard enough to come by at the minute as it is without him slashing it wide. And then Son's in, and Son scores, and that's literally the next attack. And you're thinking to yourself, Christ, tonight, here we go. Um, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a VAR decision goes our way. And I didn't even think about, is it offside? Because he looked onside to me, and I'm sure the players were thinking the same thing. I'm thinking, here we go again. But all of a sudden, we have a reprieve. And from that point on, you know, we take five minutes to get ourselves into the game, and we don't look back, and we absolutely dominate them. There's loads of chances and nearly chances in the first half. Um, Lloris makes a couple of good saves. Manny's actually, Manny's at the heart of everything. And I can understand why someone would, 
say that he didn't have a great game because his touch was off and he was a wee bit clumsy and scrappy at times, but the big chances fall. He, cu- he cut a very relieved figure in scoring that goal, Dave. I think that's a, a weight off his shoulders. Yeah, I think so too, but I think he was determined to score. He had the bit between his teeth. Um, and as the half goes on, as he said, we absolutely grow in confidence. We're carving our chances, we're pulling them apart, and then Manny gets in, puts it across for me, and what a great time to score a goal. And all of a sudden, you could have been going in at half time thinking we're one nil down. This is going to be absolutely brutal now. It's Mourinho. It, they're one nil up. Horrificness. But actually, we snatch a goal. Like it's like it's literally, I don't know, like two seconds before the final whistle or the the halftime whistle, and that I have a feeling that that just rejuvenates this entire squad. And what you saw then was a second half where we scored an early goal, exactly what we need. Granted, they struggle without Kane because I don't think Mourinho has a plan without him. But then I think they were I think they were reorganising themselves as well. Dave, it was a perfect time to hit them. Yeah, I think so as well. But then they get the goal back, and with Madup going off at half times, at half time, our heads could have went, but they didn't. And this was this was the really really key thing for me. We, but Dave, that, that was a, that was that was a fucking wonder goal. That was a worldly. That was no no keeper in the world stopping that kind of shot thing. You know, it was we didn't contribute to 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 that downfall, if you will. So it maybe didn't affect in the same way as some of the calamity that we've seen recently. Maybe so, Dave. But at the same time, when your head's in that space, you're maybe looking at that going, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. Like, what are we supposed to do about that? Fuck all you can do about that. What they did, they kicked on. The, instead exactly. of putting their heads down, they got their heads up. Exactly, and that is that is a response that I haven't seen this month from that team. And from seven minutes or so in, I saw a side that peels and uh, that bears absolutely no resemblance to the team that we've watched against West Brom for the majority, Burnley, Newcastle, Southampton, etc., etc., etc. And Chiefs, right? There were green shoots at the weekend against United, but tonight was different. It it just looked like a team, a team that knew exactly who they were, exactly what they were doing, that they were better than this opposition, and they were going to starve them to the ball, suffocate them, and when they did get the ball, they were just going to take it off them again. So, yeah, absolutely delighted, and I can, I can hope that our season turns as quickly on that performance and that result as it did against West Brom because I think as much as as much as we needed a result, we needed a performance as well. And I think we got both those things tonight. So happy days. No, absolutely, and a commanding performance. I think it could be said. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's the difference, you know, mm-hmm. uh, without a doubt. But Neil, I'm going to come back to you and I, and, and guys. F- Please feel free to bail in on this because I know we're divided down the middle on this on this topic. So more of a debate than rather than than, than just a, a, a question for Chief, if you will. If we wind our clock back to half time, um, Joel Matip does not emerge from the tunnel, and Nat Phillips is brought on in his place. And again, we find ourselves with Nat Phillips as our only fit senior centre back at the club, and with a window slamming shut of the transfers in the next few days. I'm of the opinion that it would be a complete folly, Neil. I think you agree with me. 
not to act now, regardless of what your policy has been, regardless of, of what the policy has been thus far in this window. You, you know, we've come off the back of what was a crisis for this team. And, you know, look, we could still go on and win the league. Of course we could. The points are there to do it. It's We're, we're, we're up against it to do it. But without a signing, my worry is that we could struggle for top four. No, absolutely. Um, obviously, Fabinho's injured uh, in the in the run up to the game. Nobody knows about it until well, uh, we had a picture in our group today of the lads on the pitch, and Fabinho wasn't there. And it was confirmed, you know, later on when the team broke that uh, he was out. He is out. Um, I don't know if there's any any time limit. Was it suggested six six weeks or something, or was that was that something else? I'm I'm not sure. But if it were if it were anything more than just tonight, well, that's a big worry. Um, obviously, Joe Matip's not being able to come out for the second half tonight. Um, that you know, it's not for the first time. You wouldn't you wouldn't be necessarily surprised if he could if he could turn out at the weekend. Um, having said that. You wouldn't be surprised if either he didn't or he had to go off at halftime again and then miss the next couple of weeks. So you can't. What I'm saying is you can't rely on his fitness. So you're looking at, regardless of whether Fabinho is 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 injured or is injury is long term or longer term or or not, you're looking at having no fit centre backs. One, well, sorry, one in Matt Phillips, uh, in 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 Nat Phillips. Um, and he did, he did, he did well tonight when called upon. But I think we did a really good job. But protecting he lacks him. finesse. You know, he, he has lacks no finesse. finesse at all. He's got the finesse of a Shire horse. Um, and he's, uh, <laughs> and he's. Uh, if only he was strong. That's, fairly, that's actually, business. <laughs> yeah, that's fairly kind, Chief. Actually, to be fair <laughs> to you, uh, it's some. Um, it's. I mean, he tackles like one as well. But to be fair to him, he does. He, he does what he needs to do tonight, and. And he has the edge over Reese Williams in the sense that he he has, just has a bit more experience. He's played the game longer, so he should do. But because of that, his position's a little bit better generally. Um, he's a little bit more aware of, of where the danger is going to be coming from, uh, and 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 he's just bigger and stronger. There's no doubt about that. But he's no. He, but he's, he's not even, a, even you take the two halves in a microcosm. You know the difference of having Matip. As opposed to you know oh, the drop off, and it's not. But please, it's not. Is this an attack on that Phillips in any way? But it, it, it's it, it's it's a highlight of of the quality difference. Well, Matt Tip's one of the best centre backs in the league. The fact that he was sort of it was undecided whether he was second choice or third choice, but Virgil Van Dijk is clearly the first choice. Is is neither here nor there. He would walk into any other any other Premier League team uh, if he Chief, was fit. Chief, there's the point in that. In the first half, where I think it's Son gets in on the left hand side, and I was surprised that Henderson played played the left centre back, but you just saw exactly why because he's able to get back in and he just uses his body. Do you know that one where he's gonna get in the outside of him? Yeah, yeah just, he just, just eases him out of the way. Just gets in, he just eases him off the ball and walks away with the ball. And I, oh, it was glorious. It, it was, was just it, like it's just Van Dyke esque. It was. It was, and that's that's just what, stay fit. That's, that's all. What, that's yeah. what we're missing, and it's so frustrating with him. To get back to your to your question, sort of, I think I think we have to sign. I'm very, I've always been of the opinion that we needed to sign. Um, and I, ca- I can't really believe, although you know we've been here before, I suppose, 
down this road. So it's it's not that unbelievable. It's not that far fetched. But it, I find it hard to believe that we are where we are now, where it's gotten to the point where we've literally we've had to get Matip injured as well for what seems like more than just it, it's ankle ligaments, isn't it? So. Sorry, so we do know, we, we've heard, I think, from Paul Joyce that it's ankle ligaments. So it's going to be a few weeks minimum. Um, Fabinho out as well. Um, Nat Phillips and what? Reese Williams starting for you? Well, Nat, Nat Phillips can't play in the Champions League. So you've got Jordan Henderson and Reese Williams, maybe. No, Fabinho, as I, said, I keep keep mentioning, Fabinho is like scary, not dude, in the midfield or the defence, so I have to mention him again. Like he plays two positions, but um, I think you're fucked if you don't. Basically, I think you're you're looking at it now. We have closed the gap on City to four points at the top. We're we're up in the fourth place, albeit they have a game in hand. We've still to play them. We play them in 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 three weeks. So while or in three games, sorry. So next Sunday, so. That's happening while these players are injured, unless you sign a, a ready-to-go centre-back. And we know that there have been inquiries made. We, Klopp said as much, basically, without spelling it out. And it's interesting, his quotes in the, after the game tonight in his press conference. So I'll just leave leave my wee bit on, on this before uh, somebody else jumps in. He says, you can imagine that we think about everything. We think the whole time. It's about doing the right thing. I'm not picky, but we need to find the right player. Uh, he then says, he then says, um, we have uh, we have players still, not a lot to be honest in the defence line. It's incredible what's happening, really incredible. But yeah, that's it. So he's he's basically saying. So it you know, sounds like a, 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 an SOS to fucking. It is an SOS. He's on his he's, he's on his hands and knees there, isn't he? He is. He's begging basically. He's saying. We've got nothing left, lads. Come on, time, time to put, time to shelve the policy. Go back to it by all means, but shelve it for the meantime. No, and Andy, you're quiet in this one. Um, and, and I know you're you're of the, the opinion you don't believe that we will sign anybody, but I, I don't think you you would for one second deny the <laughs> the need for a signing. Oh no, yeah, hundred um, percent. No, because I, I kind of talked to. Uh, at length about this in the podcast on Sunday, and um, so people will know my views on it. But like, just just dead quick on it, I like I don't disagree uh, with either of you there. Um, I just don't think it'll happen. I completely agree that it's a dereliction of duty if we if we don't do it. I think it's it's short termism because you know we know FSG don't like to put money into the club. Um, in the sense that they, they don't pump their own money in it, all the all the money we spend has to be either generated by ourselves or by sales. Um, which is, is it's that's a very simple way of representing what is a, a complicated business model that is uh, outside of my uh, outside of my ability to understand. But um, that's basically what it is, and we know uh, we've done things in the summer where, for example, we've signed Jota for forty five million, but we're only paying five million this year because we, we we're already sort of short from this year, and we need to balance the books. And we're maybe relying then on um, selling some players in the summer, like Shakiri, Wilson, Origi, who 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 were supposed to go for maybe double figures this summer, um, but it, it wasn't. Uh, obviously, teams maybe weren't prepared to take the risk. So I think they're banking on all that just to balance the books. Never mind uh, until we can actually sign a, another player. I think I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll see a sign in here. I don't. I don't actually think you'll necessarily see a sign in the summer either, uh, unless there's a big, unless there's like a 
a big move like Salah goes and we get Mbappe in or something like that. Um, but in terms of like just your general moves to strengthen the squad, I can't see a move in the summer either because I just think from what I understand uh, of FSG's business model, it, 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 it doesn't add up. The mathematics don't add up. And, you know, they... Uh, I think, I think it would be prudent to sort of mention where I think it's 109 million or something we're down in gate receipts you know, for, for for this season, basically, Andy. Yeah. And you know, look, I, I've been I've, in shares in GameStop or whatever this mad thing is I've seen on Twitter. Oh, that was my, all my wee lads at that. Don't don't <laughs> don't, don't start me. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It, it's it, it it's got to a point where you know this is FSG's big investment, this club, and and the value of it without Champions League football. That kind of a hit, I don't think it's on their agenda. I don't think it's it, it's in their mindset to do that. Um, and you know, my my own belief is, and what I I told I couldn't argue with your point of view and and, and the points that you make because they're good points. I just think that that their hand is going to be forced, you know, after this. And you know, Dave said earlier, you know, they've probably factored in Mata being injured somewhere down the line again, somewhere in the season. But this quick. You know, like, what have I got? Uh, three halves out of him since his last injury. It, it, you know, it's and, and and before that, what was it? Three halves again. The the evidence is there and it's clear. And as you said, be a dereliction to miss on it. Yeah, I, I think uh, I made this point in Sunday as well. But uh, and I know these situations aren't comparable. Um, but maybe what they would be saying right now is like, for example, when we didn't sign Van Dyke in the summer of 2017. And we waited six months. We knew Klopp wouldn't sort of sign a stopgap. He wanted his man. Uh, and, you know, every single supporter at that time was was saying, you know, sign anyone, sign Johnny Evans, sign anyone. We need a centre half. Lovren and Matip doesn't work. It's not good enough. Um, and then, you know, eventually we waited out. And you, listen, in the short term of that six months, if we got, say, Johnny Evans in, um, we maybe had a few more points or maybe would have stayed in the League Cup or something like that. The short term would have been better, but the long term, uh, obviously, we wouldn't have got Van Dijk and we probably wouldn't be uh, European and Premier League champions. However, the thing you mentioned there about the Champions League is massive because, you know, if you're if we if we um, stick with the status quo as it is right now, um, I can't remember what was said in the pre-pod or on this podcast, but uh, like there is there is a there's a big chance we'll not qualify for the Champions League next year. The league's so bunched up that if you're not in the title race, you're in a top four race, uh, and all it takes is for you know. Uh, a United, a United. We were all talking about as a dreadful team three months ago, but now they look like you know. I think we're are we still six points behind them, or we're three points behind them now? Just a um, three now, thankfully. Just a three <laughs> after the after they've lost last night. But you know, you, you, if you probably if you asked us two days ago, um, how much money would have put on us finishing uh, ahead of United this season? I wouldn't have been that confident. Uh, and it's amazing how sort of things change over the the next over the like the based on one or two games as it has. But no, that that's a worry because obviously we know the Champions League is is worth so much to us. I read a piece in the Athletic, I think I put it into our group chat, uh, whereby the you get three point four million for winning the entire FA Cup, all those games added up is three point four million. Uh, whereas we get two point five million if we won in Michiland uh, in that dead rubber game. So like it just shows the the complete disparity and how important it is to be in the Champions League. Um and you know Okay, yes, FSG might save 20, 30 million now. They may, that they, they aren't going to pull out of their own bank account and put into the club for short term. You know, they can make it back later. Um, but if they're down 100, 150 million, whatever it is for the Champions League, plus broadcasting rights, plus prize money, I don't know what that figure actually includes, but it's a it's the, whole project, the, the whole project could go up in the air, you know? Yeah, I mean, and they, I mean, 
this is FSG who have been uh, part of uh, a number of business owners who have been pushing for like a consistent Champions League where there's you know you're in it for the next five years or like a consistent stream of revenue from the Champions League. So it just shows how important it is uh, to them to be uh, to be in the Champions League if the money and the figures themselves didn't uh, didn't tell the story, but. I mean, we'll just like we'll just have to wait and see. I really can't see it. I'd be really, really shocked if we signed one. Um, I think for the Fabinho, from what I from what I understand, like from what I see, um, the vibe I get from it is that he'll probably be back like soon enough. And then Matip looks a bit more serious. But I think you know by the signs of it, Matip could be the season. Um, we're speculating there, but ankle ligaments plus the Matip tax, which is about one or two months uh, on the sidelines, it doesn't it doesn't sound good. And um, you know we are down to the bare bones. We put in a fantastic performance tonight, but we know Milner can't do that every week. Um, we know the front three. What if they go on a slump again? Uh, you know what if we miss what Henderson offers us in midfield because we're having to play him at centre half all the time. Uh, it is, it is, um, it is worrying, and especially because the games aren't coming any slower. We're, we're playing the next few midweeks, and then you add the Champions League into that, and you know Leipzig's not going to be a barrel of laughs if we're going there with Nat Phillips. So, uh, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Can't, he's not day. registered. It'll be, it'll be Reese Williams. It'll be Reese Williams. Yeah. Oh, can you? I thought you could re-register. Can you not, tremble. I think you can. You can yeah. do your new registration. Yeah, yeah. After, second round. After, after the group stages, you can register new players. <laughs> it's mad that we're even having that conversation. It's mad that that comment has mm-hmm. been made on this podcast, but it's the situation we're in. So we shouldn't even know that. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Why would we need to know that in, in the real world? Um, we might be in a situation in, uh, after the West Ham podcast where we're debating who the player is that has to drop out of the Champions League squad to accommodate Nat Phillips. <laughs> like we're friggin' well, world champions. Minamino, because uh, quite clearly yeah. Minamino, because uh, yeah. he's he's not getting a minute, and that, that's that's a completely that's a completely different podcast entirely. Um, but you know, Dave, yourself, you know, there's been talk about loans and so on and so forth, but you know, we're we're having a bit of a, a giggle here about Nat Phillips and 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 you know, the, basically the chasm of quality basically between him and and, and the next one. Surely we could find something on loan in between that, at least in between that, who is, you know, a, how would you put it, a useful centre back, not, doesn't have to be the top quality, maybe get a loan from, maybe somebody coming, you know, Gary Mack kind of thing. Surely there's something out there for us. There's names out there, Dave, they've been, they've been thrown around. Um, I did before probably November thought that a loan signing was going to be the most likely and then you know the Gomez injury happens and Maddup being Maddup and every time Maddup gets injured he becomes more Joel Maddup and I kind of sway towards the the feeling that yeah they've got to do something and they will do something but now we're what three four days away from the end of the window and uh, uh, everything that this ownership has done suggests to me that we won't sign anybody that we'll we'll wait until the summer and I think a loan would make sense to me the money that's been thrown around the Premier League over this January window has been minimal to say the least I think there's been five transfers in a, in and out um, and that's similar right across Europe Barcelona fucked you know they're absolutely done 
Um, they're not be, they'll not be putting any money out for anybody anytime soon. Madrid can't offload players. Um, PSG with the the TV revenue going out of France, you know, they're the big ones. They're the big ones that you're talking about. That's where, and if you think about it, that's where a lot of the money trickles down into the rest of the leagues, which then gets kind of farmed out here and there. And you know, if it's if the money stops coming from the top, then it affects everything. So, but is it a case, Dave, of us just sitting waiting for this window closing and then hitting these clubs and saying, "Look, we we can alleviate your wage bill for the rest of the season a wee bit for you"? Would it be would that even be a prudent move? I don't know, Dave. I, it depends on the business model, and I think we can talk about it. Oh, it's only this much money for a transfer, and it's only this much money for a fee. But um, I think you've already then base it base it base it against the loss potential losses of not making that Champions League. Listen, I. I I buy into exactly what you're saying. I'm just trying to look at it from a really cynical owner's perspective. Wages is a big thing. It's a I big, just, big thing. We we pay the second most wages, I think, in world football, you know, bonuses and all. So we're forking out money left, right and centre. And the fact remains that we've muddled our way through. Yeah, we've had a really sticky run, but, you know, we beat Spurs at home um, with Reese Williams at centre-half. We've absolutely trounced Spurs away. Uh, we haven't lost. The, we haven't lost the big teams, and our issue has been that we haven't been scoring the goals when we've needed to. It's not been that we're short of a centre half, and I think. But we we are now. That's we, the point, we, Chief. But we Chief, absolutely, we, we, we absolutely, Chief, we, are. we absolutely been, are now, and I agree with you. We've been pushed over the edge, and I just think. That when you when you when you countenance it all against the absolute catastrophe that would be finishing sixth, which could, as we've already said, quite easily happen. The only way to the only way to guarantee that doesn't happen is to go on a run from now until the end of the season. We just win games. So can and I we, throw a theory we, at you? Can I throw a theory at you? So we we know the the dreaded money ball terminology here, right? And we know the story is when Klopp came to. To Liverpool and the thing that kind of sold him was the data analyst came in after that horrible run that he had with Dortmund and said I can't believe you lost that many games looking at all this and he's going yeah I know right hi so are these data analysts looking at this and are they going to Michael Edwards and saying well actually do you know what Michael see looking at the data the problem isn't at the back the problem is that we're conceding goals because Lest we forget, we haven't been conceding many goals. The problem's been that we've gone 93 shots without sticking the ball in the net until tonight. But at the end of the at the end of the day, Klopp is going to be going to have the final say on all of that, and he has he's going to have Michael Edwards here or whoever's actually making that decision. I, I don't know if Edwards is actually in charge of releasing the money or or okay, and the the actual purse strings being loosened or whatever. But uh, whoever he speaks to the highest person he speaks to at the club, and he's just going to be saying, we need this. We needed it before, but by fuck, if you don't get me it now, I can't give you any guarantees. Look, we, at, at this current moment, Neil, we have a, a, a crisis in defence. But if we get any more injuries in defence, we have a midfield crisis as a direct result. Of That's it. the whole point. We, we've got... <laughs> We've got more than a crisis in defence. If if this was a goal, if this was goalkeepers, we'd be able to fucking sign emergency ones. Do you know what guys, I mean, guys? Guys, I agree. I agree. I, 100%. I understand the, and I also understand the points that are being made by the lads. 
because it's not um you're I know you're not arguing from the sake of that's what you think. I know you're arguing from the sake of that's their business model and that's how they'll be and yeah. I'm and just trying I, to look at it from their perspective and what might be influencing the decision to not I sign can, someone. I can Do you guys think like a do do you do you think like a squadron Mustafi sorts everything out though? Because I don't. No, but there's no way. There's no, no way. No, but it's, it's a step up in quality. Options. I think that that's the there's, difference. There's just no I way that those are the options because you're not you're not telling me that Liverpool are in this situation and they haven't done the speed work. The speed work is being done. The, the the only problem is the money. The money is not being coughed up. So the point of the matter is, they've done all their due diligence. They've done all their research. Everyone, we've, we've talked at length about the fact that they were bound to be signing centre-backs next season because of Matt Tipp's injury record and yada, yada. Um, so, and, and it's, it's, it's long been touted that we're maybe going to be getting Uber Meccano in the summer and all that, all that kind of crap. So all the speed, we're, and, you know, we're, we, we, we speak to players long in advance, we set up deals years in advance, all that kind of guff we've been channeled, we've heard, and we believe it. So if it's true, it's all been done, and it just needs the bullet to be bitten on the money. And if See, that Can happens, I ask you a question? We, go and we do it, because we're not going to be in the market for Mustafi. There's no way. Well, we're not in the market well, for that. Well, Chief, this is the question I was going to ask you. So the one that jumps out at me is the lad Socrates at Arsenal. He's literally been released. He, I, don't, I don't even think he has a club at the minute. And you could just say, here, see, see for six months. We'll give you like... He not signed, even... But he signed for Olympiacos. Okay, so he signed for Olympiacos, right? But surely, if we were going to do something along the lines of that, he is ideal. But he's, they he's... they offered him a better deal. We spoke to Socrates, according to The Athletic. We were, we were in the mix for him, but he'd already decided to go to Olympiacos. They offered him the best deal. Right. And he's free. Okay. So we well, were then. in the conversation, but it sickens me that we were in that conversation. But I mean, at that point, we didn't have the confirmation that Matip is, is, is potentially out for the season, as Andy was saying, or certainly for a month or more. You know? Would you, would you say, Chief, like, would you say just like go out and spend, like, just bring forward the open mechanical move or even go out and like sign Declan Rice or somebody and just have somebody that you're going to get in anyway and make up the yeah. money at a later date? A hundred percent, because we need we need the body anyway. There, there's we enough there to, to be sold anyway. as well, both of you. Like, so again, I think this is the real this is the crux of the issue here, right? And I think this is and the you sell. The that's the question as well. Yeah. Can you sell? We, yeah, finding we, the buyer. We can't. There's no money changing hands. Like by and large across Europe in football, there's no money changing hands for players. If there's not the only recognised player I've seen move across all of Europe. Um, is the boy from West Ham the Haller Haller 25, 25 million United have paid 19 million for some fucking Portuguese teenager from I don't know Porto or Sporting Lisbon or something or they're not called that anymore City have paid a few quid for some unheard of nobody and that that's pretty much that's pretty much it so either clubs don't want to sell because they know they can't replace them. The other situation is we are a club that buys the sale. And we previously, during the summer, certainly mm-hmm. were banking on shipping off Origi, yeah. maybe Shakiri, Harry Wilson for a few quid. Do you know all these and guys? Clever. And we haven't been able to do it. And there is less and less certainty 
or or confidence that we're going to be able to do that in the summer. To the whole chain is breaking down, isn't it? That's exactly. The, the, the exactly. sharks need the sharks. The the point, you know, the, the if you want to go to the animal kingdom, your oceans are healthy if you've got a lot of sharks. And our and sharks also, are all toothless. Real Madrid are toothless. Yeah. What what what's your marketplace? What is a what is a reasonable price now? Has, but there is no reasonable price. There's no market. There's no market. There's no market. Nobody's buying. That, that's what selling. I mean. Because because teams are overvaluing their assets, rightly so, because they overpaid for them. But now the reality kicks in. Are, are we are we going to see a scenario going forward where well, we just see players end their contracts? Well, how much is Liverpool? If you want to open up that can of worms, how much is Liverpool overvalued by? Yeah. Neil, I'm talking. I'm talking about you're being paid millions for kicking a football. You know, the, there's. I, I, I love the game all, and all that. You know where I'm coming from. It's all kind of relative, though. I mean, Liverpool are worth two billion. When they when they bought us, we were worth what two hundred million. They paid for us, so they they've multiplied that by ten in 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 eight years. But it's not just. You know, it's 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 down to the brand. But the brand only succeeds if if football is succeeding. And if everything is, 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 you know, contracting and contracting and contracting, can it just shrivel and die? I mean, w- there's the food chain is, com- you know, I'm just sort of coming to that realisation here because I haven't really looked into what other clubs are doing that much. But if it is true that, and it seems to be actually now that it's been pointed out, that, that nobody is doing business, is it just a case of everyone just sticks with the team they have for the next couple of seasons until this shit fucking sorts itself out it is going to get to the I point th- where it, it, it will be the Wenger world that Wenger described where football will literally be like baseball where players will just be traded left they'll be traded there won't be a lot of money changed hands and players will run down their contracts and move on and that's a situation that I think that well, we're I moving into now I think we're half now. there Dave I, I think we're half there, and as much as I'm going, I think you're going to see an awful lot more contracts being run down as opposed to to, to sales. Because you look, we're losing a hundred million. We'll we'll be okay. We're a big big club. Think of the other ones. There's there's a and and you know at the end of the day, you need those clubs to keep that transfer market vibrant. And and if they're losing that type of money, their recovery might not just be as easy as ours. Yeah. You, listen, if you if, if there's no players being sold, there's no players being bought. That's the reality in football. And there's no players being sold at the moment. So we're in a situation where football, as you guys know, and as everybody probably knows, that it works at least probably two years in advance when it comes to revenue. They know they're getting X amount from TV revenues. They know they're getting X amount from sponsorship. They know they're getting X amount from kit deals, whatever else there might be. But we don't have that anymore. We don't have that certainty. And the ownership don't have that certainty. So I feel that the ownership, as pragmatic as they are, and they are pragmatic, we look at the net spend and all that typically on. But in this uncertain life that everyone's in right now, and particularly in the financial world, they are more willing to stick than twist and wait it out and see what's going to happen. So... You know, how you know, you, you also have to ask yourself, given the revenues that we lost or that we're currently losing and have lost, are we overextending ourselves already given the wages that we pay? 
It's a, it's a fair question. And, and well, I'm, I'm not an accountant to answer it. <laughs> and I don't know, Dave. I'm just trying to look at, I'm just trying to no, look at know things that, inf- that are going to influence this decision, which I believe will be to not sign someone. Ultimately, it will come down to what these these guys at FSG do best and do for a living, which is assessing the risk and deciding which is which is the the path that is best served for their investment and and therefore for the club. Um, and we'll just have to see what that is. I'm I'm of the opinion, obviously biased in in the in the really wanting it to happen um, stakes. But um, I'm of the opinion that perhaps tonight's injury might might just have pushed them over the edge towards the fact that okay we might we might actually lose a shit ton here if we don't. I mean we we had pre- we had pretty much banked on top four as an absolute certainty. We hadn't even considered in in their eyes. I would imagine they hadn't even considered not getting it. So so to look at it and reassess and and go holy holy fuck that's a hundred million that's another hundred million and adding it up and adding it up and the knock on effects. I'm just hopeful. On the other hand, they might look yeah. at oh, hey, it's not worth investing anything in this fucking climate. Let's just hang on to what we've got and try and cut as much as possible in the meantime. It's interesting you say that, Chief, because these guys work on models, financial models, fucking analytical models, sports models, and this season's broken all the models. You know, so they're going to have to make new new ones. They're going to have to make new models or just realise that we're just going to have to take some sort of less calculated risk than we have before. You know, but here, can we get back to like how good we were? We were because good. because Dave, like I don't know, you haven't you've you've asked all the questions and you haven't said a lot, and I know when I'm hosting that's shit. But um, like we're so front foot, we're so feel free to take over now, David. Don't don't, don't no, you mind I, me? I, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to bring in. I'm trying to bring in, but we're really front foot, and I just I noticed that it, it was a really. The midfield, I think, actually worked really well. And the number of times Thiago, Milner were getting forward just caused them so many problems. And it was the most bodies I think we've had, like, making late runs in the final third than we've had for fucking weeks and weeks now. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, Dave, Genie Wijnaldum was very, very disciplined in in, in his role tonight because Thiago was an awful lot more forward. Um, now, when Aldam sort of came in at the end, um, the last sort of fifteen minutes, he was he was in the round of box as well, but we had them boxed in by that stage. Um, I think it's a case of <clears throat> look, we've seen nonsense. <clears throat> pardon me, nonsense spoken about. You know, Tiago's the problem. I think the the problem with Tiago is he, like the rest of them, he's just taking a little bit of time to to adapt and 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 you know get uh, relationships going with the, the players around him. Uh, and given that role, there's times he's playing the ball forward, times the ball he's playing the ball back. So, look, I think he was really good tonight. Um, uh, you, you know, I think I think we mentioned in the group, we all sort of have have the the thing. I wish he would stop diving in, especially after he loses the ball. Um, it, you know, there, there's a red card in him at the minute, and hopefully that can be sort of tempered somewhere down the line. Somebody takes him to the side and go, calm off it a wee bit. It's not the Bundesliga. Um, you know, uh, you'll, you'll get you'll get pinged here an awful lot easier. Um, but look, there's no doubt about it. We lose, we're losing in the midfield at the minute. But that tonight was a really good performance. I, 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 when I was talking to Andy um, in his segment, you know, I, I praise Milner who at 35, like, and that's two games in a row. I think he's done now. Um, 
you know, he was still 95 minutes, given a given 110%. Like, um, it, it, it was a really good performance in the midfield. But I say, I think it was sort of with, with Jeannie Anker in it for so long. And, and Tiago, I liked Tiago going forward, Dave. I liked him that wee bit further forward. I think in, in, in last few games, you know, we've, we've seen him. He, he's been sort of like supporting the back four. But this game, it was very, very clear. More of a freedom, more of a, not a free role, but certainly more a freedom to get the, 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 our license to get forward. And I think that made a difference as well. But I think that, you know, ultimately, Dave, this, he, he's, he's a super player. He's a super player, and he's only going to make us better. But, it, it, you know, we I think because he's completely world-class, we just expect him to hit the ground. He does. He does the fancy passes, and, the you know, the, he feigns this and feigns that. looks fantastic. But he's really only starting to actually contribute to, 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 to the, the meat and drink of the whole thing now as he adapts. I think that's, that, that's the difference. I'm not hoping you can carry on now. <laughs> I th- it, he was just on Tiago. Like I just want to jump in on. He's getting some fucking welcome, isn't he? He's getting some baptism. He's been he's, been, he's, <laughs> he's on the floor every minutes. fucking five minutes. <laughs> he yeah, he plays forty five minutes against Everton, gets put out for fucking three months. Comes back, gets clattered a couple more times. Plays tonight, gets absolutely smashed by Joe fucking Rogan, who arrives a week late to the party and just just absolutely cleans him out, split head. I swear he looked concussed when he came off. He didn't, didn't look right. No, the other guy. <laughs> Tiago. Seth Rogan. What's his name? Is it, is it Ron? Is it Rondon or something? Rodon, I think. Oh, Rodon. I, I, I thought he was your man that the Hudson tried to sign that time Joe, for like a split second. Joe Rogan's the one that does that. The Joe Rogan Experience podcast. If Joe Rogan smashed you, you'd know about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe Roden, sorry. Um, I think Mourinho absolutely called him out after the game. By the way, for the for the Mane goal. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's a it's a ridiculous challenge to be honest. Because I think whoever whoever is up with him, I think Hoiberg's up with him, and he goes up first, and then Thiago's up. You see Rogan, uh, Ro- Roden, Roden <laughs> going up like you see, like two two seconds after him or something like in in the slow mo. It's, it's it's mad. Um, and he's yeah, poor Thiago. He's getting kicked from from pillar to post. But the quality he has, the quality he has in his feet, and the, talking about anticipation and stuff, he's three, four, five moves ahead. He's uh, he's a joy to watch. Like and and yeah, further forward, you want him as really as close to the box as possible, so he can orchestrate and play those. What are they called? Hockey assists. The the pass before the before the assist. He's really, um, or even the assist, those little balls over the top and stuff. He's just, uh, it's, it's not, just not fussing the shooting very much, Chief. To be fair. no, he's not a goal scorer. <laughs> like, is he? He's not a goal scorer. He's, he's uh, not really an assister either. Um, he didn't get a single assist in his 28 Bundesliga games last year. I think a lot of people, when he came in, expected him to be like a, a deeper De Bruyne. Uh, but he's not that player. He's kind of the the guy that um, can see a pass a little bit quicker, do it one touch. Yeah the quality he has in the ball which can then open up a little bit more space for the assist to, to take place you know what I mean so um, he I think moves we'll, the team about he moves the team about by himself yeah you know? he orchestrates he moves the team about by himself and, and, I actually and, and, I didn't realise and I don't watch a lot of Bundesliga and I watch snippets here there and I haven't watched Spanish football in the ages but I know he wasn't there when I was watching Spanish football but I didn't realise that he's 
as combative as he is. Like, he's a proper hard little fucker, isn't he? Oh, uh, he doesn't Dave, give up my on commentary team, My commentary, commentary team were suggesting that at this moment in time, he's trying to assert himself in the Premier, in the Premier League and show that he has like the physicality it. for the league. It looks like uh, it. He's, he's, he's diving in. He's diving in left, right, and centre, and like challenges that you challenges that look like they're kind of red mist, not red mist challenges, but they're they're not thought through. It's reactive. It's instinctive. It's um, it's trying in, too in, hard. I think is yeah, the word you're looking in, for, Dave. Yeah, well, yeah. He's in the he's in the moment of I've lost the ball. I must get it back. And yep. sometimes he loses the ball in dangerous areas, and you kind of expect because he's Thiago that it's like a hundred. Is he's never going to give the ball away ever at all? <laughs> but but occasionally he does. But I didn't re- like I didn't genuinely didn't realize, and it was apparent tonight. But it's been apparent before this. But he, you don't expect a player that that's that that is that technically gifted, and is is that aesthetically pleasing. To be one that like really puts his boot in and is going to get booked one every two or three games. That's what's really struck me about him, to be honest. He's, you can see in his interviews, he's got a he's got a bit of a personality about him. You know what I mean? Like when I signed him, I just I saw he'd, you know, I'd obviously seen bits and pieces of him, like yourself, Dave, and so I'd been at, ba- at Barca and Bayern, obviously earning loads of money. I just thought he'd be one of these kind of robot footballers who'll come in and and do 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 a job for us for a few years, which like would have been would have been brilliant in itself. But I, I watched the interviews and the, the uh, I don't know if you guys see it seen it. Um, BT Sport did like a feature on him for five ten minutes tonight. You know, he, he's got a bit of a personality about him. You can he, that shows on the pitch as well. And I think that's more important than uh, some people, you know, give give credit for at times. You know, it's it's more important a factor than than what some people think. But uh, you know, he's really starting to come into his own. I thought um, on Sunday when we had a little bit more control of the game, just popping the ball around the penalty area like it's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> in reality, it's the hardest thing in football. Um, I think you need legs around him definitely uh, because if, I think you can see you know he's going to ground quite a lot trying to win the ball back and he looks a bit ragged off the ball at times. I think less so tonight. Um, I was worried after he got his yellow card, but uh, he seemed to really compose himself after that and, and uh, sorted his position out in that regard. So I think he's learning Andy, that. There, there, there's another th- another aspect I think in, in in all of this, and as much as you know, his his comeback sort of coincided in our, with our downturn, and the players that he would usually be pinging the ball to are a pale imitation of what they've been. Uh, for the 18 months, two years previously. And it's only really now, the likes of tonight, where he's he's got a team where, well, he had it at Chelsea, where he's pulling the strings and they're reacting. I think that's a huge factor in all this as well. Yeah, and, and there have been loads of dreadful opinions thrown out by the sensationalist media that, uh, you know, obviously the Thiago coming in. comments? Uh, I don't, I'm pretty sure I've been blocked, Chief, what's he said? <laughs> I'm not even messing. Yeah, like Tiago is the problem at Liverpool. That's what he yeah, said. Yeah, Tiago is the problem. It's going to be different. He's too slow. He's not the right player. He takes player. too many touches. Oh, God, he moves it. the ball too slowly. A whole lot of ballocks. What yeah, a load of shite. 15-year-old Andy Bell made a good decision in blocking him then. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, uh, what can we say? Like, I'm so excited to see him. I was a bit worried maybe that the, um, the fact that he looked a little bit... Um, Dis- ill-disciplined off the ball was maybe to do with a bit of fatigue the fact he hasn't played a lot obviously and he's he's had his injuries and um but i i think i think we just we just throw him in again at the weekend because with his football and brain and his 
him adapting to the Premier League, uh, that'll save a lot of that'll save a lot of energy in the legs, and it'll mean he, he's able to play more or less week in week in, week in week out for us. Yeah, Davey, do you know what he, he looks like a winner? Do you know what I mean? He looks like he just won't take no for an answer. Just an absolute he's, fucking winner. There's a few stories about him at Bayern, but he's basically he's basically a lad that's like if 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 they're losing at half time or the team's not performing well, he's, he's the other team scored or whatever. He's basically like, a, who the fuck do these cunts think they are? We're we're Bayern, we're we're Liverpool. They don't fucking do this to us. They don't come to our place and do this shit. They don't, you know, we have to put them in their place kind of thing. He's an absolute winner. Um, he does have that sort of steel in him. You can see it in his eyes. Do you know what I mean? Never mind in the, in the way he plays. But um, he's, I think he came to my, I think he, he, I was chatting to you about this. Did he, he came to my attention years ago. He scored about, didn't he score about five goals? He, or he was it was the, the, it was the, yeah. Go ahead. I the under nineteen, it was the under nineteen World Cup or something, and he ended up being top goal scorer, and he scored a hat trick in the final. And, and he was playing I, defensive midfield, wasn't he? Yeah, and I thought to myself, I thought this lad was like no a holding midfielder, and he's went and scored a hat trick in the final. And do you know what? He was a holding midfielder, and he scored a hat trick in the final. And that's and how he was, good he is. He was absolutely lethal in that tournament. He was head and shoulders above every other kid in that in that in the world at that at, at that age group. And the finally actually stood out on the Spanish team. And his career, he's kind of understated because he's not a he's not flashy. He's not a goal scorer. He's not the Hollywood. Well, he plays Hollywood passes, but not. It's not the. It's not all the time, and it's not necessarily the His YouTube reel wouldn't be as spectacular as others, Neil. I think that's what yeah, you're trying to say. Yeah, it would be spectacular. It would be absolutely gorgeous. It'd be one of them, you know. It'd be yeah, one of them he's not you... De Bruyne. He's, he's the pass behind De Bruyne. Yeah. He's one he's, for the connoisseur. He's the brain. <laughs> he's the brain of the operation, essentially. You know, he, he can, as Andy was saying, he'd see the pass before, before you do, before the defender does, before the commentator does, you know, and you, you hope. And you pray that through the training sessions and through the, the fact that we've also got absolutely top level players there, that the, the you know his teammates will be on the same wavelength, and and that's going to be the his um, you know that's going to set him apart at Liverpool. That that's the the piece that we maybe had missing that that um, orchestrator in midfield, as we've, we've said over the years, we've, we've had more of a functional midfield. And Thiago is very functional, very gritty, as Dave's mentioned, but he's also got that um, got that vision and got that um, awareness and bravery to play to play those passes. And let's not forget the ability as well. But listen, mm-hmm. we need to move on to West Ham because we're way up over the hour. And I'll stick with you, Chief. Uh, <laughs> no need to, to restate it, really. This is an absolutely positively must-win game. Um, yeah. We, you know, we, 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 you know, we've come off the back of that tonight as a super result. But the only way to to, to, to rubber stamp it and really put put a mark of authority down is to go and win here, especially with City coming up after that. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they're almost win at the moment because uh, we're, you know, as we've said, we're four points back and they have a game in hand, so potentially seven points back. So we need to go on a run of, of victories, and hopefully, it started um, tonight. As we record, um, yeah, West Ham are in decent form. Um, Antonio is is scoring goals. They're not conceding too many. They've, 
Suchak looks decent. Um, they seem to have put a bit of steel together and um, a bit well added a bit of steel, should I say? Although it's roughly the same the same set of players, but they seem much harder to break down, much more resolute, much more confident in what they're doing. I think Antonio makes a big difference to that. Having said that, it's it's going to be their third game in in seven days. They're not really used to that. Um, Antonio has dodgy hamstrings, and hopefully he's you know feeling them a wee bit against us. Plus it's David Moyes, um, and he doesn't have a great record against us. So you know there are a lot of things going in our favour. The 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 result tonight, the performance tonight, uh, not being the the least of those. Having said that, we're we're going into the game, and even if we did pull off the miracle that, that me and you um, that we're all hoping for, and, and sign a, a t- centre back between now and then, um, he's not going to be ready and registered to start. So we're going into that game possibly with Fabinho back, maybe coming back of an injury, but um, but certainly with with either a Phillips or a Williams in there, or or, or Jordan Henderson as centre back, maybe. Um, so it's not going to be a given. It's not going to be a given. Antonio loves a goal against us as well. So that's always a bit of a bummer. Um, I think we can do it though. And um, yeah, you have to say so. So I'm going to go Liverpool 2-1. We can we can go there and uh, and keep the run going. Or start the run Indeed. off. Indeed. Well, keep, yeah, to get momentum. Get, get, get the momentum rolling. Yeah, fuck, we're, we're in short supply. Andy, yourself, how, how do you see this one unfolding? Yeah, I'm really confident for this one now, actually. Um, even with the, the, the news tonight about the Matip injury, and, you know, even if uh, Fabinho doesn't make the weekend, you know, Nat Phillips came in, play, played for the first time, uh, or made his first league start for us against West Ham at Anfield and did really well. I know it's a different ball game when it's at the, uh, whatever their stadium's called now. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't have any sort of qualms throwing him in beside Henderson again. Um, my only kind of worry is about Milner and, you know, whether... At some point in the next uh, in the next week or two, you're going to have to give him a rest somewhere. You can't have him playing midweek and weekend uh, consistently. Maybe um, time for for Curtis Jones again. Well, yeah, that, that's probably what I would do. Um, I put I play Wijnaldum, Thiago, and Curtis Jones, and I keep everything else the same from this from what was in the second half tonight, uh, unless for being used back. And I think that's probably uh, that's probably a nice change to make there that can keep the balance and Jones can offer a little bit of energy as well, the way Milner has been doing. Um, Obviously, he's more attacking player, so um, can make those late runs into the box that we've seen Milner doing as well. And I'd actually be tempted to leave Milner until Man City because I think his performances in the last two games have been so good that he could be a real asset for us in that game. You know, we know he obviously used to play there. I think he scored a couple of goals against him uh, as well for us. In fact, I think he scored three or four for us against him. Uh, a couple of them penalties and then uh, a couple of goals in regular play as well. So I definitely want Milner fit for that game. And obviously, I don't know what the sports scientists are saying with red, amber, green zones. Um, but if he, you know, if he does need a rest, if he need, only needs a rest in one of the games, I'll maybe take him out for Brighton and play him against West Ham and Man City. Um, but if he, if if he is sort of reeling after playing two games in a week, then I'd maybe just save him for Man City at this point. And because I think the way the front three are playing at the minute and the way Thiago's linking up with them, uh, we'll have enough to get the job done against West Ham anyway. And yeah, I'm actually going to go for a three nil. I think we're we're back now, and I think we're West Ham are going to get the brunt of it on Sunday. 
Oh, I do hope so. But I, I, I do agree with you. If there's a team out there that's going to get a hell of a pace in one of these days and they're not going to know what's hit them whenever we do eventually click back into full mode. Dave, yourself, how do you see this one going? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think this needs to be the start of something that result tonight, that performance tonight. It needs to be the Absolutely. start of something. I said there's this one of eight games that includes, you know, included United, Spurs, City, Everton. We've got West Ham and, and Brighton coming up. And obviously you can throw the god-awful Burnley debacle in there as well. But I suggested that we can't afford to lose more than four points um, out of those games. And we'd already lost five. So as far as I'm concerned now, every game is kind of must win, um, especially the way City are playing. So, uh, yeah, more of the same. More of the same, please. Um, I hope that they've walked off that pitch into the changing rooms and that defiance has started to seep back into the squad um, and they go out there feeling more like themselves because, listen, we all know what this team can do and, yeah, we'll talk about the centre-half issue and whatever, but this team's more about individual players this team just, this team used to just find a way. This, this fucking ragamuffin scruff of a team that was put out against Barcelona, 3-0 down, found a way. And that is what defines this Liverpool team. And whether we sign a centre-half or not, we need to find that attitude and that mentality again where it doesn't fucking matter what's going on it doesn't matter what the score is in the first leg it doesn't matter who's missing it doesn't matter who we're playing against or where we're playing or how many points are on the board or how many points we're behind city we're just going to go out we're just going to find a way to win and if i see that liverpool for the rest of the season then i'm pretty confident we'll win the league but like i said dave it needs to start now and it needs to continue from now to the end of the season. But it's a pretty no, good fucking start. It's a good start, without a doubt. And and, and I would like to think we could we, we, we could carry that forward. And you know, the, 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 as a collective, they've been in a, in a rut. And you know, you, you you fell into a rut, and you you leave a rut as quickly as you as you go into it. And hopefully, this is the end of it. It's a bloody good performance against a a, a good team. Uh, a good team to beat at this time as well. So I, I, I'm confident that we'll turn to right. I think we'll win this one 2-0, to be fair. Uh, but listen, we've rambled on way over time, so we'll leave it there. Uh, gents, thank you as always. It's been ages since I've talked to you boys, but um, very nice talking to you again this evening. And thank Football you. does bad things to you, Dave. Oh, it does. It's, 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 a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a harsh mistress, this football. Um it's it's you see this no crowds at the minute it's just it's just killing it it's just killing it for me um and uh, we haven't been very, haven't been blessed with very much luck of recent times but anyhow listen thank you to the listener for tolerating our nonsense and until after west ham when hopefully we're we're celebrating another three points up the rejuvenated red 